This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to another edition of Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. We join you from Guardian Spring Training in Goodyear, Arizona. Our final show already from spring training. That's how quick this spring has gone by with the late start due to the lockout. And now the regular season is right around the corner as the Guardians will open play on Thursday afternoon in Kansas City against the Royals. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear from one of the young minor league pitchers in the Guardians farm system, Doug Nikhazy, who is uh, certainly on the radar as one of many, many promising young arms. We probably wouldn't see him this season, but uh, it's certainly someone to, to keep an eye on, along with many others, but we had a chance to visit with him earlier in the spring. We'll also check in with Austin Hedges, always entertaining to be joined by the Tribe catcher. Aaron Savali will fill us in on his offseason and what he's done to get ready for a new season and uh, hopefully have a complete season this year after injuries shut him down midway through a season ago. But we open our show today with a visit from Brian Shaw, the veteran reliever who is back for another year in a Guardians uniform. And uh, for Shaw... One of the most durable relievers in all of baseball. He appeared in 81 games a season ago for Cleveland, and now he's back after signing a contract after camp had begun. We had a chance to visit with him the other day and get his thoughts on returning to the Cleveland organization. We had talks with you know Tito and Cherney and all these guys you know from the start of the offseason um, and even last year a little bit. And um, obviously, once the lockout happened, you know we obviously there was no no conversations. Then um, you know there was kind of the whirlwind once everything ended and um, teams were able to call guys and stuff like that. And so we we're just trying to kind of figure out what was going on. And um, obviously, you know we we've, we've been here and love it here. And you know they called um, called and we started talking to them um, here and you know got a deal done. You know we're just obviously really excited to be back. Last year, you had a really good season, almost like a, a second career has started now for you. And I think for a lot of people, if, if you hadn't had that year, they would have said, Brian Shaw, nice career, um, just it moved on. But but you had this great season last year, and it, it validated all the hard work that, that you put in and maybe some of the trials that you had the year before where you were able to locate some things and, and figure some things out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being able to do what I did last year, um here really like you said you know it it 
all the work that I had put in the, the off season before and even at the alternate site before with the Mariners and stuff like that when I was out there, um, you know, to, to put it all together and actually have a good season and compete the way I did was, was awesome. And to be able to, you know, set myself up to be able to, like you said, get a job this year um, and continue to be, you know, hopefully a, a key part of this team. And you were a key part of it last year because of that veteran presence in addition to what you did on the mound. It's changed so much from your first time through here. Uh, do you ever think about that, how much turnover there's been, and, and yet you're still here and, and a part of that bullpen and a key part? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when we got traded here in 2013, um, you know, we had a really young you know, group of guys, obviously, that, that pretty much grew together as, as a team um, and an organization. And, um, you, know, you know, there's a few of those guys obviously still playing, but it's fun to be, you know, one of those guys that is still out here and still, still doing it. Durability is your calling card. You, you pitch in a ton of games. How do you do it? How do you keep yourself going where, where you can be available just about every game if you need it? Uh, lucky, honestly, mainly, but, uh, you know, our, our strength staff and our, our training staff, you know, do a really good job with all of our guys to, you know, make sure that we can be on the field day in, day out, um, you know, without, you know, you know, all the preventative stuff we do, all the maintenance stuff we do, you know, we have, you know, every resource available to us, you know, if we need it, you know, from, you know, massage therapy to, you know, needling, this, that, what, whatever it is, you know, we, we have the resources to be able to get it done and get it taken care of for the guys to make sure that we're healthy and ready to go. So that's the physical part of it. Um, what keeps you coming back, though, from the enjoyment standpoint and just the, the love of the game part? It's just fun. I, I Obviously, I just still enjoy being, you know, the guy that gets called upon, you know, every time that phone rings, you know, regardless of what inning it is, you know, you get that little, you know, little excitement you know even if you know it's not you you know um you still there's like maybe there's that chance that it is me um and you know you just you just it's just still there you know when that goes away i'll stop playing but until that happens i'm going to be here last year you referenced jesse orozco and and his record for appearances you still have that in the back of your mind uh 500 and what was it he is 1252 i think i have 693 so at 549, I think, is what I need, give or take, something like that. Not that you're keeping track. Not that, not that I'm aware of that or anything like that. So, yeah, you show up. And what's it like the first day back and you see Carl Willis and Terry Francona and the coaching staff that knows you so well? Uh, it, it was good to see everybody, obviously. You know, everybody, you know, as soon as we kind of agreed to terms, you know, I got a couple text messages from the guys, obviously, trying to, um, you know, obviously make sure what, what I've been doing and throwing stuff like that to be able to come in, you know, throw a bullpen yesterday and pitch tomorrow in the game and stuff like that. But, you know, it was good to catch up with the guys. You know, I had been talking with, you know, um, Carl and, and Sweeney, you know, kind of throughout and even Tito throughout um, once the lockout ended and stuff like that, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to finagle my way to get back here. But, um, you know, it was good. It's good, you know, seeing everybody. You know, I brought brought my little guy in here. Um, you know, obviously he's grown a lot since the end of last year. Um, so it, it was good for, you know, for good for me, and they all saw him, so it was awesome. And it's, it's a young bullpen. Um, as an older player, how do you help them, uh, which obviously is a, a key part of you being here too? Yeah, I, I think just trying to, you know, make sure they, you know, try to not do too much, I guess, um, you know, just try to, you know, if they have questions, if they have, you know, comments, if they have, you know, observations, you know, whatever they have, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm free for them, <coughs> excuse me, um, free, free and available, obviously, you know, we talked down there randomly about just different stuff, 
um, down in the pen and um, you know some of the guys you know really really take it in you know that was my my first year in the big league in 2011 you know we had uh, quite a few guys in the bullpen older guys that you know you just kind of sit there and listen and watch and you know you really really get to learn you know a lot about about the game and how you know guys that have been doing it for six seven eight nine years um, handle themselves and what they do so you know I'm just you know I'm there not only pitch but yeah help help the guys however I can and last year Cody Allen retired Andrew Miller retired earlier this week it, do you ever think you'd be the last man standing in, in that great group that from uh, 2016 I did but only because I'm not going to stop pitching until I'm like 45 fair enough Brian great to see you Thank you. Always enjoyable to chat with Brian Shaw. Has a great outlook on a lot of things, including the game of baseball, and we thank him for his time. Stay with us when we come back. Aaron Savali will join us, coming off a really strong season a year ago, and uh, he's looking to, to go from start to finish this time with no injury issues. We'll visit with him next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you from Goodyear, Arizona and Guardians Spring Training. A season ago, Aaron Savali was a 12-game winner, but unfortunately his season was interrupted in a big way in mid-June with a finger injury that shut him down until very late in the campaign. But, uh, boy, you look back, and, and he certainly was a contender at the very least to be an American League All-Star with the performance that he put together in the first half of the season. Well, he had a chance to get back on the hill right at the tail end of the campaign a year ago, and that fueled his offseason. He's come into camp a little bit lighter. He's in the second year of some changes to his delivery, and a lot of it is looking very good. And when we had a chance to visit with him earlier in the spring, he talked about the optimism that he has for 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Um, continue to build off that this year, next year, and all the years moving forward. Uh, but still no regrets with the change and I'm happy to have made that change and continue to work through it. What did it allow you to do that, that maybe you, you weren't able to do in the past? Um, I, I'll say this offseason was able to focus on just consistency with delivery as a whole instead of focusing on reworking an arm path. So I think it just allowed me to be in sync even more, um, work on the lower half and the upper half being in sync as it was designed to do by shortening the arm path. Um, but past that point of change and now at the point of refining. So confidence wise and you you had had major league success prior to last year 
but it seemed like you you even increased that by a bunch. Um, what does that do for you going into each start when you get on that kind of a roll? Yeah, um, obviously you, you continue to roll with with how the things have been going, um, but at the same time you can't you can't ever get too high or too low with this game as. I'm sure you've heard before that's that's not how you have to approach this game but definitely build on the positives and work on the negatives so I think that's that's the only way to continue playing in this game for a long time. The injury obviously cost you a majority of the second half of the season. Um, how, how were you able to get through and when you got back not thinking about it and, and just letting it go and then pitching the way that you're capable of, at least for those couple of appearances at the end. Yeah, um, there's definitely an adjustment period after any injury. So, um, But we did a good job while I was hurt um, of maintaining work uh, through the delivery, um, replicating movement patterns in the weight room, uh, simulating movement patterns on the mound with resistance bands, and did a really good job of keening in on that and making sure the the delivery was as worked as possible without being without the ability to throw um, the finger itself obviously there was some so a grace period there and it feels a hundred percent now and it got to the point where I could use it last year but definitely in the rearview mirror now and a, a lot of times for a pitcher it's an elbow or a shoulder and here is your finger was that frustrating to know that you know you're fully healthy but a real key part of pitching is, is that feel, um, and then you weren't able to do that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Any any part of the the delivery injury-wise is frustrating, but the the final piece is the hand, the fingers. Um, so, I mean, it's a freak injury, nothing you can do about it, just something that happened. Um, but continued to, to work everything else as I couldn't use my finger, and at the end of the day, that's that's all you can do is roll with the punches. You get back here, and, and um, boy, starting pitching is going to be good again. And, and it was good last year, and because of things that happened, I think depth might have might have increased. And um, when you look around that room, what do you see in terms of not just you, but what everyone else in that rotation and what it could be this year? Yeah, it's exciting. I think there's a lot of potential there and a lot of desire to continue to get better. And I think that's what's special about this group is no one's ever complacent and we're all trying to continue to take steps in the right direction and that's that's something that has been the culture here for a long time is to continue to improve no matter where you were the year before so I think that's something to take a lot of pride in. So for you and when you have that good amount of success things are working well do you tinker to, to try and think about, you know, maybe the hitters are trying this or, or I need to do this differently or, or do you just try and refine what's what's working well right now? There's definitely give and take. Um, you continue, like I said, you continue building on the things that are successful and what works for you while also working through some things that might not be going well. So there's there's always something that you can continue working on regardless of how, how things are going. Whether that's refining what you are doing well, continuing to make strides in the right direction that way, but also bringing up the things that are lacking. There's a, there's always work to be done. And I know you, you are adamant about pitching deep in the games. That might not happen right out of the shoot. How are you dealing with that build up 
and trying to be careful that you don't build up too soon and, and, and everything that goes into getting ready for a season that might be a little bit different this year. Uh, we have a lot of minds working on these these decisions, so it's not just one person making a decision. And we're, we're taking a lot of care and attention into those details, um, which is something that we've always done. We've always been really good job. We've always done a really good job as an organization of communicating, and that's exactly what we're doing now. We're preparing for 162 with given time frame that we have, so we're going to do that the best way we see fit, and however that plays out is how it's going to play out. Team-wise, it's a young ball club. Uh, I, I don't want to say you're a veteran, but do you feel like you've been around a little bit when you, when you look in that clubhouse and, and see some of the youth that's that's here, especially this spring? Yeah, I mean, the roles are the roles. I think you you say it, you said it. Definitely amongst the team have been here, but I'm just going to take care of business the way that I've always done. Um, you do the work that you do, and hopefully you see others around you doing the same. Um, and I don't think we have to worry about that here. So whether you have no service time, one service, like it, it doesn't matter how long players have been here. I think the culture is the important thing, and that's something that we do a really good job of. And what can be some of the advantages of, of having a young ball club, maybe as opposed to some other clubs that have more veterans? There's definitely the... There, there's opportunity. Um, there's a lot of guys that are trying to prove themselves, whether it's to themselves or to the organization or wh whatever their whatever their reason is for playing this game. There's a lot of opportunity there. I think it's refreshing to have some faces that you, you see around the locker room. You like there are a lot of guys that have an opportunity, and it's it's exciting to see. There's a lot of talent. Um, at the same time, we have a good group of leadership at the top that has been around for a while that sets good examples, and I think it's it's easy to be walking in the right direction in this clubhouse because there's so many guys that do that. That's Indian starting pitcher Aaron Savali. He'll be a bellwether in that starting rotation that will be the backbone of this ball club as we get deeper into the season. Stay with us when we come back. It's always interesting, it's always entertaining when Austin Hedges stops by. We'll talk to the Guardians catcher when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Fran Mel Reyes, you forget last year, he is a guy that was out five weeks with an oblique injury and still hit 30 homers, knocked in 85. The pitch, swung on, hit high, hit deep to left, this ball's got a chance, it is gone! A towering two-run home run to left by Fran Mill Reyes. And it is a 5-0 Cleveland lead here in the third. Reyes with his first long ball of the spring and three RBIs here in tonight's ballgame. So Cleveland's major league regulars are swinging it well here tonight. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, 
we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Kim Rosenhouse back with you from Guardian Spring Training in Goodyear, Arizona. It's Guardians Weekly, and thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. A lot of different ways you can hear our show each week. As always, on the Guardians Radio Network, tune in usually late Saturday or right around uh, when game time is now that we're in the uh, exhibition season and also the regular season to come next week. You can hear us online at cleguardians.com, all the archived editions there, or you can download it as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Well, the frontline catcher for the Cleveland Guardians heading into the season will be Austin Hedges. He's done it before. He did it for several seasons with the San Diego Padres, and now he gets that opportunity to be a frontline catcher once again with the Guardian. We had a chance to visit with Austin Hedges earlier this spring, and he talked about the unusual offseason and build-up to spring training and how players are adjusting to be ready despite a shorter camp. I think it's nice. I, I don't think we need as long as we normally do in spring training. And I think, well, I mean, having basically an extra month to train, I was able to, I, I had a nice group of guys that were out throwing live BPs. So I was catching and hitting. So I was kind of still basically doing like an, what early spring training would look like, at least a couple times a week, um, which was plenty to kind of get going. But we're just going to kind of see how it goes. I, I, I feel good about where, where I'm going to be, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how, I think more specifically, it's going to be different for the pitchers. I think hitters, most hitters I've talked to know they need, call it 50 at-bats, which, you know, that's, that's not that many games. So if, we, if you can get 50 at-bats, you're pretty much ready for the season, but I know pitchers could be different, so I guess we'll just have to see. So you come into this, you're, you're the number one catcher, and you've been there before. Uh, what does it mean to you to be back in that spot? It's everything. I, I mean, it's it's where I want to be. Um, it's 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 where I've always wanted to be. Um, you know, I, I'm always grateful for any big league job I get, um, and everyone I've had has been awesome. But there's something about, um, at least for me internally, making that impact on the field. I love winning, and I hate losing, and I take it real personally, whichever result happens, because. I go out and I call pitches, and I get to communicate and do all kinds of things that I think significantly impact the game, and I take it really personally, and there's just, it's its the most fun I could ever have is going out and helping a team win a baseball game, and as a starter, you get to go out and do it a bunch of times, and uh, it can be a little helpless feeling when you're the backup, just because you want to you wanna actually impact your team winning, um, but, um, but I'm quite excited to say the least. You mentioned that, that feeling as a, as a frontline player and then as a catcher, everything that goes into that. Could you ever be an outfielder or a DH or something like that? It doesn't sound like there's enough meat on the bone there. I mean, if, <laughs> if I just was one of those guys that just crushed balls at will, then that could be pretty fun. But there's some I love I love the relationship with pitchers. Um, I love I love making decisions. I think um, I love to prepare and I love to do the homework. So. You know, you got to take the test if you're going to do your homework. You know, it's not just about doing homework. So I like the test. I like to do my homework and then go see what kind of grade I can get on the test by how well I prepared and how well I can hopefully help my pitcher who may or may not have his best stuff that day. What did you learn uh, during the time where you, where you were in a backup situation or maybe a shared situation 
that, that might help you now that you're back in, in that frontline spot? I just learned how valuable being a good teammate is. And whether I was playing or not, I tried to, I, I tried to make sure I had, there was a way that I was helping the team win that day. And I think that starts at one o'clock when you get to the field. And I think, you know, positive energy and um, consistency with how you are and who you are, um, especially as a guy that's had a little bit of time more than other guys, is just a way to lead by example and to just bring a little bit of positivity and encouragement to guys that, you know, it, it's a game where a lot of guys can be really miserable a lot of the time. And if you can just make your teammates less miserable, I think that directly results in wins and guys making more money. So that's what I learned. Uh, off season, where do you go? What do you do to unwind, just decompress, all that kind of stuff? I went to Costa Rica twice this off season and it was outstanding. First time I'd been and I fell in love with it. I think it's, an, I would highly recommend it to anybody. If you're trying to go tropical, it's some of the best food I've ever eaten maybe the nicest people in general I've ever met. And it was just, my wife and I just had an absolute blast. It was, uh, we went right after the season and it was amazing, so we went back. <laughs> Why did you go the first time? What, what first time back? vacation, just uh, we'd heard good things um, and the places we wanted to stay looked cool and they were amazing. Um, and then we liked it so much, we almost, uh, we almost invested. <laughs> we, didn't, we ended up not, but that's how much I liked it. I almost got a condo there. <laughs> Leadership. I asked friend Mill about it, and he didn't want to talk about it. Um, he just he said, "Look, I don't want to talk about it because I, I just do what I do, and if people see me as a leader, fine." Um, how about you? I mean, you're one of the you mentioned you're one of the older guys now in, in, a, in a very young clubhouse. Um, how do you go about it, and, and how important can it be? It's extremely important. It may be the most important thing. You know, there's there's guys that are meant to follow, and there's guys that are meant to lead, and I think there's guys that can learn from following and learn how to lead. And I like to challenge everybody I'm around to be a leader, to take accountability. I think that's really all it is. I think it's consistency and accountability is what leading is. And if you're someone that's consistent and you know exactly what you're gonna get and you hold yourself and people around you accountable, that's, that's the hardest thing to do in life because everybody wants to play the blame game and everybody takes days off. If you don't take days off from being yourself, from being you know exactly what to expect. That's my favorite thing about humans. The, my favorite attribute in humans is their consistency. If you're inconsistent, I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't really want to be around you because I don't want to deal with the not going good. And the, but the the consistency is really big. And um, I've done a lot of studying and a lot of learning, and I've had a lot of experience trying this and thinking about it. And um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm excited to uh, try and rub that off on some young guys. You mentioned young guys, and Terry Francona has talked about it, that this could be a, a young team heading into the season, more than likely. Uh, what are the benefits of that? What, what could be really good having a young team going into a major league season? Well, you're not really necessarily sure of what guys are capable of, and the league doesn't know them either. I can tell you exactly how to get every veteran hitter out in the big leagues. Couldn't tell you how to get someone who doesn't have any at-bats in the big leagues out. You know, I've never, I can tell you how to face you know, a pitcher that I've never seen before. The, the league learns you. It's one of the hard things about the league. Sometimes year two, three, and four can be the hardest ones because the league starts figuring you out. If you got guys that haven't been figured out yet, it's a nice little advantage to start. And, and I think it's just, it's nice to have a, a fresh start where there's no expectations. You let these young guys go out and just be. 
Um, and that's going to be the thing that, you know, I think our organization does a really good job with of letting them just go be themselves. And, you know, we have high expectations of all of them. We're not just going to throw these young guys out there and expect them to fail, expect them to succeed. And, um, you know, hopefully with a group of young guys, they can all, you know, bond together with, with a little bit of veteran leadership helping them out and guiding the way. And, I mean, <clears throat> young teams have won plenty of games in the past, and I look around our clubhouse and I see nothing but talent. Name change. What do you think of the new stuff? Great. Guardians, great. The only thing I really focus on is, is Cleveland. I think one of the, the, the main thing I try and remember is anywhere you go in the big leagues or any professional sport, you're playing for that city and you're representing that city. And the reason you get to go play is because the people from that city want to pay money to go watch you play and support you. So when it all comes down to it, I think all of us as a whole, we just remember we play for Cleveland, we play for the city of Cleveland, and that's our bond, and that's what kind of unites us. And, you know, it was the Indians, and they had a, it was a nice run for a long time, and now it's the Guardians, but we remember, you know, we're the Guardians of Cleveland, and that's what we're going to really focus on. That's Austin Hedges, and uh, he figures to get the bulk of the work behind the plate for the Guardians. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from a bright young arm in the Guardians farm system, Doug Nikhazy. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So instead, we're going to have someone else say it. Because for some reason, when a random person talks about how great something is in a commercial, it's more believable. I saved with a Progressive home and auto bundle. And there you have it. I mean, I'm not sure why she's more believable than me, but either way, you get the point about the saving. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you for our final segment as we take the show up to the top of the hour. And a final chance here with the big club breaking camp on Tuesday. And we'll be in regular season mode next week for our show to uh, hear one of the interviews we did very early on in camp. In fact, before the lockout was finished, we had a chance to visit with some of the minor leaguers who are out here. And one of those young pitchers was Doug Nikhazy, who was a draft pick a season ago. Out of Ole Miss, had an outstanding college career, a high-round draft pick of the Guardians, one of many, many really promising young arms. In fact, remember, they made 19 pitcher selections in a 20-round draft a year ago, so they went heavy on pitching, and it was very heavy on college pitching, and Casey certainly is a, a part of that group at the upper echelon. Uh, a really interesting young man, as I think you'll find out in the course of our interview, but we talked to him about making that adjustment from, from college ball to pro ball and how it has gone so far after a season where he really didn't pitch much in pro ball because of the draft and the workload in college, but getting really down to it now that he is beginning his first full pro season. Feels good. I'm starting to get a lot more comfortable here. I'm starting to get to know the coaches. They're getting to know me, and uh, 
pitching starting to really come together and I'm starting to really absorb all the instruction that I'm getting here, which has been fantastic. So I'm excited. Obviously to be a, a high round draft pick, you have to have a, a, a really good career, whether it be high school or college. And you did. Um, what was it like making that transition after the, you know, the intensity of, of college baseball to, to the pro game and, and everything that goes along with getting started? It was good. Um, I know I, t- I already told you I took a little bit of time off going from college to uh, pro ball. Took a little bit of time off from throwing, which isn't really typically us- uh, usual. But once I got here, it was really good. And, um, you know, I felt like everybody blended in really well and everybody liked me. And it was uh, it was pretty smooth overall. And when the Indians obviously have a, a, a real good reputation pitching-wise, do they do much early on to, to – I don't know if change is the right word, but at least kind of dive into your delivery and things that make you tick to, to make even better as a pro? Well, what I loved about what they, they've told me and what they've done with a lot of players is that it's player-driven development. And really what it is is uh, they ask you what changes you want to make and where do you want to be in your career. And then it's your job. They will give you every tool and they will give you all the great minds in, in the organization to get you to your goals. But uh, I had goals coming in, that I, things I wanted to do to my delivery that I knew didn't know what could happen. And so far I've made those changes. They've helped me along the way. And um, I really like those changes that I've made. And I feel like it's increased in my velocity, my command, and things are gonna, I'm gonna need when I'm facing much better hitters. When that clicks in, what, what's that feeling like when, when you make some changes? Cause I imagine it's not easy and, and maybe there's some apprehension there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, and initially it feels really uncomfortable. And then I, I think muscle memory kicks in eventually, but um, initially I was doing it and I felt like uh, I had no idea where the ball was going. <laughs> and then after I threw some strikes and, you know, when you're doing it just in the bullpen and you're throwing it to no hitters, you don't really know. But once you throw to hitters, then you kind of, they'll, they'll tell you whether your stuff is better or worse. So uh, whether they're going to hit it over the fence or not. So <laughs> Doug Nikhazy joining us and uh, your reputation, it's out there that you like that, you you're animated. You have fun out there. And uh, where did that come from? When did that start? And, and what makes that a part of your game? Well, I think it was kind of a combination of two very influential people in my life. One being my dad. And my dad, from my young age, made me one of the most competitive people in the world. Um, he always made me, whenever I was playing baseball, like whether it be you're playing in the backyard or you're playing on the field for real, like every game matters. So that comes from him. And then on the other side of it, once I had gotten to Ole Miss, um, I started playing for Mike Bianco, and he, along with the rest of the coaching staff, made it. Because as you get older, I think the idea of ha- having fun while doing a job kind of goes away. But they said, hey, there's a, you can have fun out there. You can still play. You're still playing a sport for kids. Like, you can have fun. So you take that competitiveness and the ability to have fun, you put that together, and it makes uh, what I am today. So. Potentially, you'll play for Terry Francona as your manager, and I know he's been out here uh, observing. Have you had a chance to meet him? And I know your college career ended against his alma mater. Have you guys talked about that at all? Uh, that conversation hasn't come up. Uh, I wish, but uh, no, we. Um, I, I got to shake his hand once before a bullpen, and that's been the extent of it. But he's watched me throw a couple of times along with a bunch of the other guys. So, um, yeah, I haven't gotten to talk to him about the college, though. I wish... Um, I wonder if, if he was watching that game. Maybe that was it. That was the difference maker, maybe. <laughs> we'll never, I, may, may never know. <laughs> right, some cool stuff from, from your high school days in, in West Orange, Florida. Yes. West Orange, Florida. 
you had a chance to be a part of a group that, that raised a ton of money for kids. And uh, explain what happened there along the lines of a dance marathon and some other things that, that you guys put together to raise money. So I, in my senior year of high school, I was our class president and along with our student government and um, all, a lot of the people that worked with me, we put together a dance marathon that was uh, something that uh, U- uh, University of Central Florida typically did, but we did it on a high school level where it, we spent the entire year trying to get money donated for Children's Miracle Network, which is a um, something that it's just like a children's hospital in Central Florida that we uh, spent the entire year raising money for. And uh, by the end of the year, we had hit our goal and it was very exciting. Did you actually do the dance marathon? And if so, how long was it? Now that's, I think that's the worst part of it is because I spent the whole year um, putting together different events and stuff like dodgeball tournaments, the homecoming prom, working all these different events to get money for the, uh, for uh, Warriorthon. And then come that, t- that day, I have a baseball game. So I don't get there until about halfway through it, but I spent, it's 12 hours. It goes through the night and I was there for about six of it. That counts for something. Man. Yeah. yeah that's got count. Was it a debate team or you just entered competitions? Uh, we had a, we had a debate team at West Orange. Uh, I was not in it. Uh, for all four years, I was only in it for my last year. I was, yeah, it was something that I was interested in from, I always, like, I think my dad was someone who introduced me to, like, you know, conversation, debate, and stuff like that, and how it can be super interesting, and then um, I had a fantastic English teacher my senior year, his name was Stan Banks, and he was just, like, he was the man, so I loved him, and he was like, you have a knack for this, you want, you should try it out, so did debate my senior year, and uh, ended up playing and um, debating in some big tournaments, going to some cool colleges, and it was a really fun experience. All right, so clear something up. What's the difference between a debate and an argument? <laughs> a debate, oh, oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> they, they go hand in hand. Sometimes it's hard to tell. There's You gotta walk a line though. <laughs> so the catcher comes out and you guys can't agree on the on the signs or you know what you should throw in a certain spot. Is that a debate or an argument? That, or <laughs> how do you work through that? And can you win that debate? Oh. <laughs> no, the catcher wins every debate there, but it is a debate. It is a debate. I'm going to voice my opinion, but catcher wins every time. <laughs> All right. So you're working your way through uh, your first pro spring training. Uh, you look at the talent around here. Holy smokes. Uh, a ton of pitchers drafted last in your draft class. What do you see as, as just someone who can appreciate good pitching? Oh, it's um, it's fantastic. I mean, there's just so many good pitchers around here and it's, um, you get a bunch of guys from all around the country too. Um, you get to hang around a lot of these different guys who come from different philosophies and everyone can do it a different way. And that's what I've realized when I got here is there's a million ways to be successful on the mound. You just got to find what works for you. So it's really cool to be in an organization like this. And especially when we had a draft like we had, which was extremely successful, I thought. Well, Doug, great to meet you. Best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Doug Nicasey, young pitcher who uh, really has a, a great personality and uh, some fun things going on in his life, but uh, ready to go and, and really attack things for the Guardians in their organization and the minor league system. We'll keep an eye on him over the course of the summer. That's going to do it for this edition of Guardians Weekly. Next week, we will join you from Kansas City. The regular season will have begun, and we will be right there with you every step of the way as the Guardians try and hang in there in what figures to be an ultra-competitive American League's Central Division. I want to thank all of our guests for stopping by, and thanks to Brian Motze for putting together our show each and every week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network.
Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 